G'day mate, 40 here, looking out of beautiful Sydney Harbour on the walk from uh, Manly to Spit Bridge and uh, there's something I find amusing and uh, disconcerting about many uh, dissident right ideologues is not their ignorance of religion and Christianity but their lack of awareness of their ignorance of religion and Christianity. Uh, particularly among Nietzscheans like uh, Richard Spencer or I was just listening to this guy Sosa on Alex Kashuta's podcast and said just because you were raised Christian right, just because you went to church on a regular basis doesn't mean that you, you know, have any deep understanding of religion and if you're not currently religious if we're not going to discuss religion in terms of religious faith then we have to discuss religion in naturalistic terms Okay, meaning that it is a subset of culture and that it is a subset of culture that hundreds of millions of people have found adaptive, right? It's helped them deal with the exigencies of life and it helps them essentially to adapt to the complications and difficulties of life. But then you get these Nietzscheans like, you know, Richard Spencer and... Uh, Mark Brahman and then this guy Soso Chernyaloshka, right? Uh, making these very confident assertions like the following. So here we go. I just don't think that's accurate. I think that's been tried before too, like uh, particularly in like the seven, eight, Okay, in the, so he has these uh, has these critiques of Christianity here. I sort of amplify the point that I'm making for you know, dramatic effect. It's not necessarily that my, the points aren't genuine, they are genuine, these, these are the things I believe, but I do sort of dial it up. Uh, I had a very good discussion with Gio on exactly this topic in the matters of how religion is going to play a factor in the dissident right. And I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier. Is that there's... So the, the alt-right is overwhelmingly a secular movement, all right? Almost all important uh, thinkers in the, the dissident right are secular, all right? And even the one prominent exception, Andrew Fraser, all right, uh, for him it's a political organizing principle. Now I'm not sure he actually believes in anything supernatural or transcendent. So even if most people in the movement are religious, the movement is overwhelmingly a secular atheist movement. So many different spheres, there's so many different little cliques and strains of thought that exist in this broader tent that I don't think it's good. No, there aren't. It's overwhelmingly an atheist movement. And to the extent that religion is invoked by the leading thinkers in the movement, such as by Drew Fraser, it's in service of political, cultural goals. It's not because you get any sense that they actually believe in anything transcendent. So, no, there aren't all these tents. Virtually every important thinker in the alt-right is an atheist. For there to be a single idea that wins out. Because I think there's a lot of points that each click brings forward that are worth analyzing and sort of internalizing across the board. Uh, my problem, particularly when it came to certain people who were very adamantly religious, particularly Christian, uh, like I was raised Christian, like I've got no problem with Christianity in and of itself, but it's people that think that that's sort of an end-all, be-all political solution. I just don't think that's... Okay, so who thinks that that's an end-all and be-all political solution? Like he's just summoning up a straw man. So... When we have a rise of, say, religious nationalism, that's a response to an increasingly secular world 
where people have to be you know, extra fervent and j just you know, swim desperately against the current just to stay in place, right? So the people who are Christian nationalists today, they wouldn't have been Christian nationalists uh, 50 years ago. There'd be no such thing as uh, Christian nationalism, right? We, we only get Christian nationalism because of the triumph of secularism. So let me play a little bit more here from Sosa. I think that's been tried before too, like uh, particularly in like the 70s and the 80s with the religious right, uh, the evangelicals in America and their sort of attempts to make you know, Christianity into this political force. I think not only is that not effective politically, but I also think that's a little disingenuous in terms of theology. Like obviously. Yeah, does he actually know anything about Christian theology? Right, he's coming from a naturalistic perspective, which is fine. Something wrong with that. But he's treating... Christian theology as though it's an essential, you know, unchanging part of, of Christianity when Christian theology changes with times and places, right? It's an adaptive from a naturalistic perspective. Christian, Jewish, Islamic philosophy are adaptations to changing circumstances. It's not an eternal, you know, platonic essence. So you'd think you'd have a little more sophistication here. Christianity is so much bigger than just politics. It's a, it's a belief system. It's a matter of faith. Right, and and he thinks that he he's the first person to realize this. That the people on the Christian right who are organizing, you know, they they didn't have the gift of uh, you know his his insight and his brilliance that they that uh, people like Jerry Falwell just thought you know Christianity was just you know solely politics. And that's going to obviously inform people's political views, but to use it as a tool for you know cynical political gain. I think is uh, both ineffective for politics and I think it's disingenuous for theology. Now, my, my... Oh, so it's disingenuous for theology if people try to you know, create an environment that is more compatible with their thriving. Like every biological organism tries to create an environment that is most conducive to its thriving. Right? This is true for Christians, for Jews, for, for Muslims. Right? It, it's true for Every group, every form of life does this, right? And this is like some cynical, grasping, you know, exceptional thing that's just incompatible with Christianity. It's just so incredibly naive. Like, why would Christians not want to create an environment, a country, a community, a state that is most conducive to their thriving, right? Birds do it, bees do it. You know, why would Christians not do this? And there's no, you know, eternal, essential Christian theology. There's no, you know, eternal, essential, platonic uh, essence of, of Christian theology that would forbid this, right? Does, uh, does you really think that, uh, you know, the true Christian just uh, completely steps aside from politics, that uh, he doesn't bring his, his Christianity to, to politics, that somehow... You know, politics is just this, you know, gritty, earthy, uh, dirty realm, which uh, should not be touched or, you know, affected by Christianity. Or, you know, cynical political gain, I think is... Uh... Oh, so every other people should, you know, naturally fight for gain. Like every living organism, you know, fights for its life, fights to propagate, fights for gain, fights to create a particular type of society. But uh, uh, Christians should be the one... One essential group, right? There's just something essential about their Christianity where this is 
you know, just incompatible with their eternal essential beliefs. Why would not Christians do this along with everyone else? And wiped out for, you know, perpetual maidenhood, looking like some weird, you know, Madonna. Dang, mate, 40 here, looking, listening to Soso Trenyoshka, talking on Alex Kashuta's podcast about how he thinks that Christians should uh, not, not allow their pristine, essential, eternal, platonic, it's, you know, essence of Christianity, not allow it to be tarnished by, by tawdry, earthly, political things. Everyone else should fight for their self-interest, but not Christians. That a lot of work is, is really good at is using aesthetics to demonstrate just how... That's not the timestamp. Bloody heck. Okay, here we go. Moving forward for different nationalist movements, different components uh, of the dissident right. That's good. Like, tradition, obviously, is very important, and I think uh, you shouldn't sort of have... Yeah, it sounds, sounds somewhat paternalistic. Is that just me? Like, he's above... He's above these things. You know, when he's saying they're good, it's like uh, someone who studies insects and says, ah, oh, you're all very interesting. There's a lot of people that take it too far, I think. They, they are very oh, what's taking it too far? Okay, can you take what you're doing too far? Like, uh, why, why is this one category of life something that people you know, should uh, really watch out for taking too far? Everything else, you know, exercise, you know, politics, philosophy, you know, go for the gusto. But uh, when it comes to this one thing, you know, don't take that too far. Specifically, Christianity or any religion in general has no place in uh, dissident politics because... Why? Why? Like, uh, you just can take a naturalistic view. It's a subset of culture. And why would you expect that uh, culture should not not have any any place in this discussion there's a lot of things that you could argue are problems in this world that sort of stem out of a, a christian perspective a, a, a sense of universalism or, or egalitarianism this idea that all men are equal before god right, and again he's taking this idea of like theological essential truths of christianity that they're just a certain key doctrines that are just you know essential to the religion and uh, they don't change in time and place and history but of course any form of, of theology is, is developed by one man or one school which is operating in a certain time in a certain place responding to certain pressures and uh, you know is it trying to accomplish some some comfort and give you know an adaptive evolutionary advantage to its believers can be taken to an extreme politically and socially that uh, I don't think it's true of Christianity in general. Like there's been plenty of you know, very uh, stout nationalist Christians who are both eagerly nationalist and eagerly Christian. But certainly you can look on the flip side and see that in many cases the left has used Christianity as a mechanism or a vehicle to spread like Marxist ideology. Yeah, well, so what? Anything can be perverted. <laughs> Anything can be misused. So water can be misused you can drink too much water right so you, you really need to go around telling people oh better watch out you know water can be misused egalitarianism isn't some essential eternal essence 
you know, the, the fulcrum of Christianity. It's just one component, right? It's there in nationalism as well, right? Nationalism is inherently egalitarian because you're all members of a nation together. So do you want to dismiss nationalism because it has an inherent egalitarian component? Now, how intense, how strong, how dominant this egalitarian component of nationalism is expressed would depend on time, place, the particular people, the circumstances, right? Just like with theology. So he wants to say, oh, can't take Christianity too seriously, too far, you know, too intensely, because it's got this component of egalitarianism. But uh, nationalism has the very same component, right? Or nationalist thought inherently has an egalitarian element to it, because you're all members of a people, which is just an extended family. So he thinks egalitarianism is some something that's inherent to Marxist ideology, right? Egalitarianism is inherent in tribal identity, in national identity, in all sorts of different identities. It's not not just uh, something unique to uh, Marxism. That's not without you know reason. I think there are there are things that can be used with Christianity, uh, maybe maliciously or maybe even with the best of intentions, to push certain political and social ideas that are detrimental to the health of the nation. So that's... Whatever Christianity is pushing... All right, first of all, there's no such thing as Christianity, period. Christianity is a subset of culture in a particular time and place. So different Christians have different understandings about what it means to be Christian, uh, even when they're located in the same time and the same place and responding to the same incentives. So, Christianity is not really much of a unitary thing. There are different Christianities, there are different forms of Judaism, there are different forms of nationalism. But you say that, oh, all nationalisms, they're, they're just the same. They have this eternal platonic essence. In a nutshell, I think that's sort of where my issues with people that view Christianity as like the singular most important factor of dissident right politics is that it's, it's not actually all the answers rolled up into one. Yeah, I... Wow, what a devastating critique. He doesn't think that uh, Christianity answers all problems in the world. Like, everyone gets enthusiastic about something. You know, intellectuals tend to get enthusiastic about some aspect of culture. And uh, guess what? It turns out that the, the one, two, three, seven things that we're most enthusiastic about aren't the whole story. Well, that's amazing. Who would have thought that it's, it's not the whole story? Today, mate, 40 here, doing the gorgeous Manly to Spitbridge walk and uh, listening to some some twaddle on Alex Kashuta's uh, podcast. So her guest is Soso Chunayoshka. Okay. Let me find the right time. I think that's sort of where my issues with people that. Christianity is like the singular most important factor of dissident right politics. Is that a state? Okay, there aren't any intellectuals who view Christianity as the singular most important factor in dissident right politics. I mean, Nick Fuentes may use that rhetoric, but there's uh, nothing he says that shows he's got you know any grounding as a scholar of Christianity or 
theologian. I mean, no one is saying the things that uh, Sosa is fighting against here. Right? Christian nationalists aren't saying that. Right? They're not saying, oh, this is the be-all and end-all. That's all there is to it. There's uh, you know, nothing else that we need to investigate. We just have to look into the book. We'll get all the answers. No one says this. It's not actually all the answers rolled up in the one. Well, gosh. Now, I've known hundreds of religious people in my life. Nobody's ever claimed that uh, religion is all the answers rolled up into one. Just a uh, great job here, Sosa Chernyashka, uh, destroying a, a straw man. An incredibly powerful point. Like, who would have, uh, who would have ever realized these insights if uh, you hadn't come along and provided them? Just absolutely devastating to uh, a point of view that has never been expressed by anyone intelligent. Yeah, I, I also am slowly coming to that conclusion in the sense that I... I, I... She's slowly coming to the conclusion that Christianity isn't the be-all and end-all. God, I love these, these beautiful red gum trees. Right? So, until now, she, she thought Christianity was the be-all and end-all and had the answer to all questions? I don't think so. Yeah, you cannot have objective morality unless you have a transcendent source of morality. So, there's a pretty good case to be made for the importance of having a transcendent source of morality because then it becomes objective, there's objective good and evil. So if you can tie it into a divine revelation, yeah, you'd think you'd have a lot of advantages. By anchoring into something, uh, you, you know, essentially can build a, a more solid structure around it. Um, I don't think that's possible. I don't think necessarily religion is something that translate into, translates into politics in any good way. Um, you know, you, you won't have... Well, why? I mean, can, uh, can soccer, can soccer moms translate into politics? Can art translate into politics? Can podcasting translate into politics? If everything else can have a political dimension, why can't religion? The essence of politics, as uh, Carl Schmidt pointed out, is the friend-enemy distinction. And so the friend-enemy distinction can absolutely divide up on religious grounds. Some circumstances, that is the essence, the friend-enemy distinction. So I don't see how you can claim, oh, this should be separate from politics. It obviously has not been throughout history. Oh, you won't have good politics and good religion if you marry the two. Well, sometimes, in some circumstances, this subset of culture does become essential to the friend-enemy distinction. And whether or not you think that's good, that is the nature of reality. Right? So you just want to talk from a naturalistic, humanistic perspective, then religion is a subset of culture that aims to provide comfort to people, and it provides identity in an in-group, and in-groups are explosively, you know, possibly political. So, like, why should this one aspect of life, you know, never have a political expression? I mean, of course it's going to have a political expression at certain times and certain circumstances. And there's no platonic, you know, ideal of uh, you know, good politics or good religion, right? They're just various adaptations to a complicated 
painful and difficult world. Is something that translate into, translates into politics in any good way. Um, you know, you, you won't have good politics and you won't have good religion if you. Well, the conservative political parties of Europe are basically Christian Democrats, right? They have uh, some grounding in a traditional conception of life and uh, and moderately free markets, and uh, that seems to have worked for well over a hundred years in Europe. So just because America has this ideal that uh, church and state should be separate, doesn't mean that that's right for everyone in all circumstances. You marry the two, and you know it should be. I think for, for people in our sphere, in, in general, it should be a, a matter of personal commitments um, and nothing that, you know, that, that goes into politics because it does ignore a lot of... Oh, religion should just be personal, all right? So, I mean, I, I'm guessing she's just being exposed to a particular type of religion that is just, you know, personal faith. But religion is something that is lived by human bodies, right? Bodies that lust, bodies that hate, bodies that fear. Uh, bodies that see threats to its survival, uh, bodies that organize with other bodies in communities. Like, you just can't have religion uh, purely separate from the political and the social and the cultural. Important um, elements, like, for example, immigration. Like, under, under a, you know, a Christian system, you, know, you just come in, you say the appropriate words, and you, you make the appropriate uh, commitments, you know, honestly or dishonestly, and then politically even... Um, you become a sort of de facto citizen of the, of the... Oh, so which Christian nationalist groups advocate this? I'm not aware of any who do. All the Christian nationalist groups of which I'm aware on immigration restriction. So Christianity was married to nationalism for hundreds of years, right up until the 19th century. It was also married to a specific sense of people and race, right? So Christianity marched hand-in-hand hand along with strong racial and national identity up until about the 18th, 19th century. And then the mainstream of Christianity started diverging, moving in more egalitarian and universalist tendencies. But that's the product of a particular time and place. It's not you know, just some essential, unchanging, eternal essence of Christianity. Sometimes Christianity is a force for racism, sometimes it's not. Sometimes Christianity is a valuable aid for national identity, sometimes it's not. It depends on time and place. You make the appropriate uh, commitments, you know, honestly or dishonestly, and then politically even, um, you become a sort of de facto citizen of the, of the new system. There's no re reason to exclude anyone or to have any sort of um, ranking or hierarchy or preference system if the, the baseline is okay. Do you accept, you know, uh, the Lord X or Y, depending on what your religious system is? Uh, so, yeah, I think that's that's a, a really big blind spot. Yeah, I think... What, what... Oh, that's a big blind spot by, by Christians who are interested in the wider society around them. And it's a blind spot that they've just... They've never thought of it before. I can tell Alex Kashuda brought it up and uh, Sosa Cherniashka. It never occurred to them. Do you, do you Christian nationalists realize that? You've got this giant blind spot and, and now it's being exposed by Alex Kashuta... And so, 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 Chernyovska. They just expose this blind spot. They, they've, they're presenting ideas and analyses here and critiques that you've never heard of before. This is amazing stuff. It's also curious, too, is if you look at like certain organizations that have been like the, the last proponents of immigration, particularly in America, like more often than not, they're like Christian charities. And I can, if 
sympathize with the idea of like you know helping you know the meat and the poor, but yeah, sometimes Christianity is being a force for immigration restriction and racial and national identity, and sometimes it's being for diluting that and creating a more universalist and egalitarian and non-racial identity depends upon time and place like everything else at the expense of what right at the expense of the nation the health of the nation and the good of you know, the general population you know our people so to speak it's uh you know it's, it's a sort of suicidal altruism and I think above all else you have to sort of look out for your own before you start worrying about matters of you know, charity and alms and that sort of thing yeah and, and that's never occurred to Christians right this is just some blind spot right I don't think there are many Christians who regard Christianity as a suicide pact. Right? Most most Christians do not engage in their religion with the understanding that it will mean, you know, the end of everything that they hold sacred. And yeah, you know, exactly what you said. It, it doesn't have all the answers, and particularly when it comes to matters like race and, and the composition of a nation. Yeah, yeah, because Christians they've never thought about race. When did you ever hear a Christian talk about race? Christians and never thought about the composition of a nation, never occurred to them before, right? That's absolute nonsense. Christianity went hand in hand for hundreds and hundreds of years with strong racial and national identity. Right? These guys have no sense of historicism. 